We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He turns. He fires for the win. He's got the bucket at the buzzer. back to Bibby. Has the open shot. Ladies and gentlemen, up on those feet, put those hands together. And we'll meet tonight starting five for your Sacramento Kings. Welcome to the Kings Beat Podcast. I am James Ham, your Kings Insider for ESPN 1320, as well as the Kings Beat. And joining me... This is Sean Cunningham from ABC 10. What's going on, Sean? Oh, just I feel like the 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 winds of trade rumors and and tornado, whatever that looks like, is just going to swirl through my place and even corrupt my downtime. And here we are talking about it on the podcast. And I like talking about it, but this stupid phone will not stop going off all morning. So it's, it's nuts, it's, right? And and you know what, James? We're still like. 20 days away <laughs> it's 21 21 days. days three weeks until the trade deadline i don't for, feel like by the, the way for those of you on youtube you might get a you might get a oh there it is a kick out of my wallpaper on my phone i have this t-shirt and wear it proudly but it also oftentimes signifies my relationship with my phone so there you go that that <laughs> is that, that is sean's uh closest uh mate there that's right <laughs> his, his phone Accurate, um, yeah. Okay, so let's cover a couple of bases. Uh, number one, keep uh, giving us thumbs up. Uh, keep subscribing on YouTube. Actually, it's going really well. Thank you for all the uh, the new subscribers. Uh, thank you for all the thumbs ups. Um, a lot of new views on YouTube. So uh, that's a good thing. We like to see those things go up. Uh, number two, if you didn't notice, I'm wearing the King's Beat, uh, the sweatshirt. Sean Check will have his soon. Uh, big shout out to uh, Jim Espinoza at Brickhouse Industries, uh, doing really cool stuff for us over there. And uh, hopefully soon we'll have a uh, some sort of merch shop, and and we'll uh, we'll you'll be able to get some some cool stuff uh, that says the Kings beat. And, that is uh, crazy. That is just crazy. It's crazy to think about that. Like to like you're gonna we're gonna have gear. We're gonna <laughs> have gear. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. We have and merch. Do we have merch? <laughs> we're going to have concert world. We're going to have merch, Sean. Merch. We're going to have merch. merch. We'll have a merch shop. Uh, so again, um, if you need any 
uh, t-shirt designs. If you need any graphic designs or t-shirts made or, or sweatshirts or anything like that, uh, Brickhouse Industries is awesome. Um, and he's a local guy uh, and he does work for people all over the place. So uh, really good dude. Um, outside of that, make sure that if you are not a premium subscri subscriber to the King's Beat, that you become one. Uh, we've got the happy hour coming up and, uh, hopefully we have a bunch of trades like in the next like five or six days. Uh, so then that way we can actually have the King's Beat happy hour before the trade deadline. If not, it's going to be dicey and we'll try to figure something out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I would hate to start the happy hour and then like, 20 minutes in like have to have someone else take over while Sean and I uh, go do our jobs um, our, our, our other jobs besides the jobs that we do here. Um, outside, Sean, let's just get to it. Um, mm -hmm. Like the levels of disappointment with this Sacramento Kings team. I just like, we keep reaching new lows of, of not like this wasn't the lowest low of the season, but realistically, it probably should be. The Kings have lost back-to-back -back games to the Houston Rockets and the Detroit Pistons, two of the worst teams in basketball. Mm -hmm. And it's not just that they lose. It's the way that they lose. It's the way that they can't hang on against bad teams. And, of course, that means that they are a bad team. Yeah, um, I was going to – I wanted to stop right there and say – because I had to do it myself – at one point I was saying, I don't think anyone's ever lost consecutive games to the Rockets or the Pistons this year. I didn't really go and do the research. I just wanted to like put it out there and say, I probably can't do that, but I don't think it's been done. But then I went, wait, shame on me, Sean. Shame on you. You fool. Like this team is a bad <laughs> you team. Fool. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's a bad team. And the, I, I should not have this, like this notion that like, if just because you're kind of in line for the play in tournament that you are, exempt from these games against the Detroit Pistons who, yeah, you beat in Detroit, but that game the other night, last night, that was, it was kind of fun, but just no defense. Yeah. The first quarter was so bad. Um, the Kings couldn't hit anything. I mean, at one point they were, they were shooting like 17% in the quarter. I was like, what in the world is happening? And then, you know, De'Aaron Fox kept cooking. He, and then he kind of went dormant. And it was like, man, where'd you go? And then, you know, they get to the, the final two minutes, two and a half minutes left. They're up, what, 11? And, oh, no. I think they're up 10. And they allowed... Or the 11-0 run. It was 11-0 run to end, yeah. 11-0 run to finish the game, and they lost by two points. Um, they had multiple shots to win it. Well, they had a shot to win it by Terrence Davis. They had a shot to tie it by De'Aaron Fox. And I'll say this, Sean. We just capped off a five-game homestand, and it started and ended the same exact way. De'Aaron Fox missed a game-winner against the Cavs in the final second. De'Aaron Fox missed a game-tying shot to, to end the, road, uh, the homestand. And that's just, like, it kind of sums up where we're at, right? Like, they, they just can't get out of their own way. Well, there is a bright side. I'll play Mr. Brightside. Um they didn't get their head kicked in. Okay. I, I, I mean, I guess that's true, but I mean, you did get your head kicked in the last two and a half minutes of a game. I mean, yeah. I mean, the 11 0 run was not good. And, and the, let's draw the curtain back as we like to do. I'm sitting there next to James last night and uh, there's a bucket scored. And I could have sworn you said, this game is over. 
Oh. <laughs> and that's not what you said. You it's said not this what I is, said. This game is not over because you realize that every time they were scoring a bucket, I go, you see, James, you see? <laughs> You're like, I think he thinks that I thought. I think he thinks that I said something I didn't say. Yes. And either way, whether you did or didn't, and I believe you didn't, but I heard that you did. Um, I once they took the lead, you're like, no, I said they didn't. This game is not over. Yeah, no. I, so we were oh, sitting there. Hilarious. It was Sadiq Bay, and that play was crazy. The Kings had played excellent defense all the way up. The even, no, on that play, on that play. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. They had stopped everything. It was like, mm-hmm. hey, look, they're playing defense. They're going to get to stop. And I think at that point, uh, they were up nine. And Sadiq Bay just pulls up from like 27 feet over. Someone was draped all over him. I can't remember who it was. Just and drilled ju- it. Just drilled it. And then Fox still had like a hop in his step, busted down court got right into the key and hits Harrison Barnes for a wide open three in the corner. Harrison Barnes is shooting. I think I saw a stat, something like from mid December or early December on he's like third in the NBA out of everyone. And he's shooting like 51% or 53% on catch and shoot threes. He didn't catch the ball. Like, no, he fumbled it. It was full on Harrison Barnes let a ball slip a perfect pass slip right through his hands and out of bounds and they came down hit another three all of a sudden it's a it's a three-point game and it's like oh man i can't believe this is happening you know and then and then after that it was the um the and one goaltend uh rashawn holmes who had four blocks in the game looked more like himself on the defensive end still a little rusty uh still isn't hitting the glass um still isn't as accurate as he he has been in the past um but he had four really nice blocks then he had just had an egregious goaltend um Mm. which was like oh man are you kidding me i mean the ball clearly came off the glass and uh that's how they tied the game they went to the line and hit the the free throw and then man kojo beats you i love kojo but kojo beats you uh james as he pointed out to me as i saw him in the hallway afterwards and I was like, hey, man, good for you. You know, you know, have a game like this. I said, you got him. And he goes, he reminded me twice, James. Twice. This is the second time he's done it in <laughs> this building. Two times. He gave him a two-piece, <laughs> so two seasons apart. This, this you know, crappy uh, Detroit team, he comes in after being shipped off, and he lays it on him. I mean, you remember that game last year, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the, you know what's what's crazy is that uh, Corey Joseph, like he could have been a king still. He was still under contract for this season. Mm-hmm. I think he opted out and then signed a different deal with them, right? Um, so he had a, a $2.5 million guarantee for this season or a $12 million contract. I don't think they kept him for 12. I think they bought him out and then they brought him back for like five or six million a year uh, for, for like a two or three year deal. Um, but like that's how they got DeLon right. And that's how they got Tristan Thompson. So you got Tristan Thompson, who I think was available, but like who the heck knows at this point, he wasn't dancing around wearing a, a white suit. Like he was a game before. Um, I, I'm not sure what happened to Tristan Thompson, but he clearly didn't play in this game. 
Um, and I, again, I'll keep saying it. I don't think Tristan Thompson will play again for the Kings this season or again at all, because he's not under contract after this year. I think he's a buyout candidate. Um, but again, it's Corey Joseph who doesn't fit the King style of play. I totally get it, but he's still a solid vet who does solid vet things. And I know people, you know, started harping on him, uh, late in his career here in Sacramento, but he's such a good dude. Like again, one of those those top five or, or six like best dudes to hang out with in the locker room uh, that we've seen over the course of the last decade. James, April 8th, they come in here to Sacramento. They beat the Kings 113-101. Corey Joseph, 24 points, seven assists on 10 of 14 shooting in 31 minutes. You know what's crazy, though? Like, <laughs> De'Aaron started to just go at him, and it was spectacular. And then Well, do you... Do you remember what happened though? I, I know what you're saying. He did the same reverse pivot move on him and it, and it worked. Did it the second time? Corey fouled him hard. It, it, yeah. And then there was a play right after that. St- Corey steals the ball from him on a drive and it comes down, dribbles out, takes a couple seconds. Then Corey is the one that hits the three. I mean, just mm. the guys and, and the defense they ran on him was like not only on Fox, I mean, mainly on Buddy. I mean, there was a moment we're thinking like, man, is Buddy like protesting? Is he pulling a Kobe here and doesn't want to shoot? Like, especially after Buddy took two shots, he took two shots and we, we know he had open shots in the first half. Second half was a little bit of a different story. And Alvin's right. Like it did coincide with a hot night with Terrence Davis. We get that. Yeah. But, But they look the top blocking that they do on Buddy healed and you can call it a box and one and, you know, Alvin credited, you know, uh, having Rex Kalamian over there and obviously Isaiah or Isaiah and, and obviously Corey Joseph, uh, who knows him and goes up against him. Well, like, yeah, that's part of it, but the, the buddy needs to free himself from that. How about some creativity in the offense? Like there was a time James in that game where I go, what are both of these teams running? Like both of these teams are running just not creative offenses. And no. if, if Sacramento had actually, pushed the pace a little bit faster than, than they normally do. Um, that could have coincided with a little bit more success, but James, they still got up 131 points. So the I know. pace wasn't really the problem, but you give up 133 to a team that's 29th in scoring on the second night of a back-to-back who has 10 wins. I mean, just like how many boxes do you want to check of just Drek? And yeah, <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it's just not good. That's awful. That's that's a lot of boxes checked. Yeah, I, I mean, what's crazy is that, uh, again, you mentioned Terrence Davis. He had a career-high 35 points. Um, De'Aaron Fox, I think, had 29 points. Harrison Barnes had 20. Uh, Marvin Bagley had 17. Like, they had a potential to have three guys with 20 points and one with 35. Like, <laughs> I mean, they already finished with three guys with 20 points, but they could have had a fourth guy with 20 points or more. Um, yeah. but they, they pulled Marvin for a little while and, and then I was surprised they pulled Marvin. Uh, he was, I was too, cause he, he was really good. And, and it, James, it might've been our fault because at one point I'm like, okay, let me look up the last time there's four Kings players in 20 points. Right. And as I start to look at that, I'm like, well, it's gotta be the triple overtime game. Nope. <laughs> it wasn't the triple overtime game. Uh, you have to go back to the, you know, back to the, well, Actually, I didn't actually find an answer on that, but then I started looking. I was like, okay, we might have two guys that finished with 30 points, like you said, and then that didn't happen. Yep. And the last time that happened was was Bogey, and I think it was Buddy back in the bubble. Um, but just 
not good, man. I mean, <laughs> like we, both, both of those little milestones that we're trying to find when's the last time that happened, uh, just both never happened and just kind of killed the momentum a little bit. So blame us. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think the one interesting thing is we've talked about this on the season. I think it's only, it's only once or twice this season where Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox have both scored 20 or more. And then you see Terrence Davis walk out there and just, I don't care. Like I, what did he have 14 in the fourth? He was incredible. I remember yeah. I, I was writing my, in the third quarter, I, I start writing my, uh, my six takeaways and he was three of seven from three at that point. And then he finished seven of 13. Like he was just lights out. He just kept going. And that's something that I think it would be really interesting if Tyrese Halliburton would learn something from, if there is one player on this team that I think he could actually learn something from, it would be the, I don't care that you get from Terrence Davis, that I'm going to, I'm going to, this is who I am and I'm not going to change and I'm going to keep doing this. And so I, I, I would hope that Halliburton learns that. I'll also say this, man. If there is a chance for Buddy Hill to not be here after the trade deadline, I don't think that the Kings take a dramatic step backwards because I really do think that Terrence Davis can fill almost every single category that Buddy did, uh, brought and, and then some. He might not be as elite a three-point shooter. but I gave you dead air. <laughs> I, I you did I, I was kind of noodling that through I I don't I think he's a little I think he well I don't think I know he's a lot more streaky than Buddy is um really but oh yeah come dude go back and what, look. <laughs> is Buddy the second is Buddy not the second is second in threes right now yeah he's second in threes yeah but and he's up to 38 and almost 38 and a half percent shooting and here's three. the and here's the difference like we know and this is why I think no slight on Terrence. Like Terrence has the mindset of like, I'm going to shoot. I'm going to come out here and I'm going to take shots. Buddy doesn't usually do that. Um, you'll see him force a crazy shot every now and then we saw it last night. Both. I think both his shots were pretty awful. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> pretty, first one was so bad. bad. Oh man. Um, it was so bad. Yeah. The first one was bad. Uh, second one wasn't, wasn't great either, but typically the way he can get the shot off so quickly um, and he kind of pick and chooses his spots a little bit. Terrence isn't that way. Terrence is coming out looking to gun. And I think because of that, that, that really either he's going to catch fire or more times than not, he's going to go through a lot of lulls where it's just not there. And um, I don't know, man, like he's, he's clearly not the shooter that buddy is, but I get what you're saying from a wins loss standpoint, you're probably right because you're not living by the buddy and dying by the buddy. You're, you're, you're forcing to find scoring in different ways. And I think that would be a good thing for Sacramento, but yeah. to say that he's going to be what buddy healed was to the Kings is I, I just don't see that. I don't know, man. He's a lot more creative in my book, a lot more creative. He's, he's a guy that doesn't just have to shoot threes. Um, he does shoot a lot of threes. He, he's up to 32.6% on the season. He shot 37.2% from three last year. Um, I just think he's more versatile I, uh, you know, like does it, his assist numbers don't show as much as of the creation as I think that he does do. Um, plus he's young. Uh, he, he's under contract for a couple of years. I, I think that he's a guy that, you know, like, I'm not saying build around Terrence Davis. No. I'm saying he, he reminds me a little bit of Bobby Jackson, like where there were shots where you're like, Oh no, 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 no. And then yes. Um, and when he is hitting, 
he is really he's exciting to watch. I mean, he's averaging over 10 points a game in in like 18 minutes. And I know it's been tough because there are plenty of games this season where the Kings just don't have the minutes for a fifth guard. And so he's, he's been on the outside looking in. Um, but I, I do think that there's potential there for him to be a bigger piece to what the Kings are doing moving forward. Um, now, Sean, let's get to, we're just going to abandon actual game talk from here on out the rest of the pod because like for the rest of the season, <laughs> yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday though, was, it was chaos, man. It was flat out chaos. And, you know, it started early with, uh, with rumors that, that Fox, uh, was on the table for either Ben Simmons or Sabonis. Uh, then we started having, uh, heavy hitters refuting that. Um, it was all over the board. I mean, I've got my sources, you've got your sources. Let's, let's start with, with that specific, like I've, I've heard very specifically that, that number one, the Kings, they do not want to move off of De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton. It would take a, like a 99% deal, like one of those deals that never comes along where someone just gives you a Godfather deal and you've got to take it in order for the Kings to move on from Fox and or Halliburton. They want to build around Fox and Halliburton. They may not be able to do that because there could just not be any deals that come up and you have to do something, but they're not going to trade those guys just to trade them. That that is who they would like to build around. And they've made that clear to, to people on the outside, to agents and stuff like that. I don't know if it's a hundred percent that this is what the Kings are doing because um, they think that that's what's best. It could be that that's what they're doing at this point because those names have been out there and the deals that they've got, they're just saying, yeah, we're not taking any deals. And so we're pulling them back and we're not going to have any, any further conversations, but Sean, it, it just seems like we're in this whole cat and mouse thing where, you know, someone's source says this and someone else's source says this. Um, and it's chaotic, man. It, like if, if there was a hidden reason for the Kings to lose that game uh, on Wednesday night, it was because they had literally been like dragged through the mud all day on Twitter and all day on, in print. Like, right. I, I mean, it was chaos. It was chaos for you. It was chaos for me. It was well, like, oh, this is the, wild. The, it, yeah, it reached a little bit of a percolation on, yeah. on Wednesday because honestly all these days have been have been the same whether they've been reported or not like the rumor mill is churning it is churning 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 churning. uh i will say this and as somebody put it to me after the game uh last night and the loss to detroit was yeah there was the game on the floor but there was a lot of games being played which was kind of the bigger game that was being played through media reports and uh certain people kind of getting used a little bit Shout out Keith Pompey and uh, some other people in Philly. Um, it, it, it's 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 tough right now, and Daryl Morey's no stranger to the game. He's no he's no stranger to the game. And I will say, James, you have to be very you have to very look in at the dialogue because yes, nothing has changed. There is a want to not move De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. And you identify those two people as the people you want to build around. 
Okay. Right. James, everyone's available. Everyone is available, and Kings fans should realize that. You don't have to look any further than DeMarcus Cousins. Now, Vlade, God bless him for a lot of his inexperience, uh, came out and says, oh, we're not trading him. Not We're not wanting to trade him. We are definitively not trading him. And then the Kings organization leaks out a, oh, extension talk, all this other stuff. And then DeMarcus is traded. Okay. There is a want not to trade. A want. And that is very, and, and look, may not happen at all. Dear, it's very possible and very likely, and I'll get to that part in a second, that both De'Aaron and Tyle will both be here. Great. That's fine. Some Kings prob- fans probably love that. Celebrate. Other Kings probably fans might groan at that and say, oh, they got to get rid of them. They got to, they got to do something big. Okay. Put that aside. What have the Kings historically, especially over the past two years, really been used for? I, we've talked about it here on the podcast. Leverage, right? Leverage. Leverage. Yep. The reality of the situation, as Daryl Morey pointed out in a radio interview today, is that, yeah, there are deals to be had with Sacramento. That, I mean, pat on the head, that's cute. Do you ever hear that from a GM? Like, you that, was you, you, that was bold. That was bold. You hear it from Daryl Morey. That, yeah, that was bold. <laughs> this is, but what I'm getting at is you can call it bold, but you can say there are deals to be had with Sacramento. Doesn't mean he's making the deal. Doesn't mean he wants the deal. He's telling the rest of the league they've got something there. Doesn't mean I like it. James, I don't think Ben Simmons is going to be moved by the deadline. I really don't. I said that last podcast. I still think that I don't think they're going to move him. Philly is surging. They're surging right now. Did you see the game Joel Embiid had last night? They can be better. The guy that they might move is probably Tobias Harris, which is one of the worst contracts out there and can definitely help out a lot of teams. It's But it's a terrible contract. We get that. <laughs> uh, James, they're going to try to make moves, and I just don't think they're going to move Simmons. I think they'll get to the offseason or around the draft with Simmons. Could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I, ho- I really do. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but I think right now you're hearing a lot of chatter, and I think the Kings are behind a lot of the chatter. And what they want to show, they want to kind of show that they're not going to be used as leverage and that they're going to show that the only way we move our franchise centerpiece is if we're getting one back or we're getting blown away with a deal. Well, no shit. That's the way it works. That's the way, that's the way these things work, man. Like that's what you should be doing. So you've heard Monty McNair on uh, local radio recently. And he says, Hey, it's not going to be a hard reset. And I think that's what people need to hear. Because it's not going to be a hard reset, even though you could argue it might be the way to do it. But look at the stands like that. You can't afford a hard reset. I mean, it's just not feasible fiscally. It's not feasibly from a competitive standpoint. The message you send to your, your fan base after trying to build what you build. And granted, he inherited a lot of Lottie's stuff, but he's the one that extended Fox. Now, granted, it was a no brainer. You had to do it. But a lot of these moves are still Monty McNair. So it's a rambling, rambling, rambling way to say that Brace yourself, Kings fans, for as much as the inconsistencies and up and down roller coaster that we've seen on the court this year, these next 21 days might resemble it almost exactly. And then you may not have a move at all. You may not have a move at all. You may have a move. Maybe your move is moving Tristan Thompson for a second round pick or however, you know, I'm just throwing stuff out there that 
probably don't make sense, but something as unsatisfying as that, if at all. And they still have very amazing assets in the in the in the way of their draft pick specifically because they're closer to the bottom James than they are to the top and that draft pick is going to be really really good whether it's this year or even next year so they have assets and I don't believe that Daryl Morey looks at the Kings assets as as a joke but I think he for the piece that he has even if he kind of tipped his hat a little bit and said maybe we're willing to come down a little bit to a top 40 NBA player Go F yourself, Daryl Morey. Like, this is what we're like. It's all those words are just word salad. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 kind of <laughs> dangling the carrot out in front of these teams that should be desperate to pick up Ben Simmons. As we talked about last podcast, James, who are the teams that are most linked to Ben Simmons? Terrible ones, ones that record wise are just not good. And honestly, those are the types of teams the Kings should be trying to, you know. They, you don't try to make a, a you're not trying to make a, a trade with a team that's going to compete for a title in the East, even without Ben Simmons. And that's what they're looking like right now. So, so your idea would be to, if John Collins is out there and available in a Ben Simmons trade, then why don't the Kings go look at John Collins? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I totally get what you're saying. Um, and I, I also think like, I'm pretty sold that they aren't going to move Fox or Halliburton between now and the deadline. Right. Uh, like if, if there is a deal and, and I don't think Ben Simmons fits the mold, it would be, have to be bigger than Ben Simmons. If they're, that's how they feel at this point. Uh, it would, but yeah, that's lunacy. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. But that's, that's kind of like the thought process that it would have to be a Godfather deal where it's like, you just, no one in the league would say no to that. Like, See, I, and, that, and, that. and that's where it gets crazy because you almost want to like grab some of those people by their, their shirt collar and say, define to me a Godfather deal. Because Uh, once you put, once you put, you set yourself up for disaster, because again, what have we talked about in the press conferences where Monty McNair has talked about optionality and we want to be able to strike when the iron's hot and bring it like, what if you're, what if that big piece, you have big, bold piece is somebody that's not an all-star. That's not something that, you know, Maybe what if your big bold piece just to be a dick here but like what if your big bold piece was trading for tristan thompson that's not oh, good enough you know what i mean and, and i know he look i know Play they day. wouldn't describe that but that's the trade you made you know what i mean no like, totally so, totally so like you have to if you're if you're bringing in Lori marketing that's not good enough it's not if you're bringing honestly if you're bringing in christian wood i think some people would think it's good enough i think most people would say that's not that's not good enough. No, you're probably right. That would have to be a a move that went with a different move. I mean, yeah. I, like totally. That, and that, I agree. That but move it, makes sense, but it makes yeah. sense in a combination with with other moves. So I think they're just nurturing their fan base to expect something grandiose. And at the end of the day, when they do make the move that they deem and define as grandiose or this blockbuster or godfather, like as you mentioned, James, I think it could go over like a fart in church. <laughs> uh, okay. No, I'm with you. And I'll say this, like uh, everything that I learned yesterday, um, number one, like despite like I wrote on Sunday, my Sunday musings, if I were the Kings GM for the day, uh, the deal that I would make was was taking back Tobias Harris. I think, well, first of all, the Kings have no interest in in taking back Tobias Harris from my understanding. Um, They believe that that is one of the top two or three worst contracts in the NBA. Um, 
that does not mean that they won't take back Tobias Harris. I'll just <laughs> it, look. I, it is it is yeah. the poison pill in the NBA, but that poison pill can play. And as we well, talked that about, poison James, pill can play, and that poison pill, if it comes with a three-time twenty-five-year-old all-star, then it's a poison pill that I'm willing to take. Hundred percent. That's me. Uh, that that from what I know is not the Sacramento Kings. That is not their thinking as of right now that that deal will not happen because they don't, they think that that contract is right up there with uh, like John, John Wall, Wall yeah. Russell Westbrook contracts where you're just like, Ooh, that's a bad deal. Okay. So that's where uh, like if Tobias Harris is off the table, then I, I pretty much think that that deal is completely dead and there's no way to get Ben Simmons to Sacramento unless you're giving up Fox or Halliburton. And so we have these give and takes. I do know that, uh, the Kings are willing to include draft picks uh, that huh, yeah, any, definitely. any and all draft picks are on it's, the table. It's their best asset. It is their best, best asset by a ton. I, and I've said this, it's, it's their first round picks are worth more on the open market than Halliburton or Fox. It, there's no question in my mind. And they're also, that. and they're also worth more before they attach a name to it. So think about well, yeah, now the draft are, in June yeah. where, you know, maybe, maybe someone wants to wait. It's like, no, you, you deal these before you attach a name to it. No, that and you attach a, a number to it. So yep. a name or a number, like if it's the eighth pick, it loses a tremendous amount of value. So if I'm the Kings, um, I, I think number one, the Detroit game was a blow and it, and why we're seeing someone like Daryl Morey go out and really drum up things to today specifically is because the pressure just got turned up a little bit more on Monty McNair. He now understands that the next five games are brutal, that there's a good chance that his team could hit a, you know, five to seven game losing streak. You got the bucks you, like this road trip, like there are winnable games on this road trip. There are also five losable games. Like you could you be on five coming back. Yeah. You could be on five and that puts you at a seven game losing streak. So I think that, again, you're turning the screws in this situation, which is interesting because it tells me that the Kings want to make a deal now more than they want to make a deal like, or even Philadelphia would prefer to make a deal now and, and play the season out, like add an extra 10 games to get used to the players that you have and to move forward. Um, do I think that there's still a possibility that Ben Simmons becomes a Sacramento King? I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I do. And I, I think that that's a big one, but I'm going to tell you this draft picks, all of them, the Kings have their next seven draft picks. They can't trade all seven. And the reason why I'm just going to clarify something here really quick per the NBA salary cap, you can only trade up to seven years of, of picks. Like we, in like this year, 2022, we can only talk about your 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, and 28. You cannot trade the 20, 2029 first round pick. That's not allowed by the league. Um, you can also, you can't trade consecutive picks because of the Stepien rule, unless you have another first round pick uh, like sitting on in, in your war chest. The Kings don't have that. So they can trade like the 22, 24, 26, and 28. They could trade the 23, the 25, the 27. They can't trade the 29, right? You can do pick swaps in between your traded picks, but that's where, I mean, they also, the Kings have an extra two, uh, extra second round pick in 2022. 
They also have an extra second round pick in 2025. Um, and so they do have assets there. Now, I'm also going to tell you this. Everything I know from within the franchise right now, Harrison Barnes is available. Uh, let's see. Buddy They're Hill. all available, James. Buddy They're Hill all available. Is Everybody. Available. I, I agree. We keep saying they're all available. But what I'm saying is that right now, there's a big difference between people hearing all the Kings are available and Buddy Hield, Harrison Barnes, and Rashawn Holmes are all available. And that doesn't mean that all three will get traded. It doesn't mean that any of them will get traded. They are all available right now. So, like, again, I'm not talking about Marvin Bagley, which we all know has been available for, like, a year. He's been available for a year. Buddy Heald has been available probably for a year, year and a half. Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes are both, as of we sit here today, they are available. They could be had by another team. And from what I understand, the reason is, if you are going to build around Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox, we know that the core of those five players is not good enough. It's not good enough. And so that means if you're going to keep Fox and Halliburton, you need to, even if it's switching out one or two or all three, you got to try something different because that's not working. And so on to the next We Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's the the important thing to know is there's no relevant, there's no revelation here. There's no revelation. Everyone it's, it's, it's all available. This team, we knew 20 games in, 25 games in, this was not going to be, this isn't, this probably ain't 15, it. probably 15 yeah. games in. <laughs> well, really coming into the season for some of us, but, <laughs> but no, I mean, it, it's just no revelation. And again, I think what is coming out of the Kings right now is a proof as we keep talking about how everyone thinks, like if you're Dale Mori, right, there's his old buddy in Monty McNair who we worked with and tightening the screws, feeling the pressure, looking at this pick, they want to attack the Kings as if they're operating out of desperation. And you can't do that. Some will say that maybe that'll happen. Maybe, maybe the closer you get to that deadline and the the way the record gets, it's like, I always say this season be damned. It doesn't matter. The season, if you're, if you're looking at making a franchise altering trade, the season does not matter. The season matters more to the Sixers than it does to the Kings. At, oh, at heck yeah. In the season. So, and if and they're really acting like it matter. doesn't, they're acting right. like it doesn't. Right. Yeah. So, and I think, look, I think the Kings, you know, they have to, those are the waters they have to navigate. And trust me, they are desperate to a degree. I mean, people not showing up at these games is speaking loudly, you know? So, but I think they have to come out and they have to say a lot of these things. And, and and leak a lot of these things because of the fact that people think that they're operating out of a sense of desperation and that they're going to make a rash decision and that they're just going to give away deer and Fox for somebody not like that. Like, like for example, giving away deer and Fox for Tobias Harris alone, that ain't it. Right. And I think there would be people that would think that they would do that. And that's not, that's the type of stuff we're talking about here where, where, some of these moves, the Sabonis, like Fox would not be included in a Sabonis deal bar uh, straight up, straight up. That's the important thing to say straight up. Yeah. Um, you know, but he could be depending upon other packages that could come around other teams that attach whatever the package gets. So, um, 
the want again, not wanting to trade him, not wanting to trade Tyrese Halliburton. Those are the two you'd rather not if you had to pick, but everyone being available is everyone being available. Yeah. And it's going to, it's going to be James. This this is going to be stupid. This is going to be the, one of the most stupid trade deadlines in Kings history, because it could be a whole lot of window dressing for not a lot of return, or it could be, monumental back to the art test back to the moves like that that we've seen in in years past it could be unbelievable yeah i I mean like but if you had to pick one if i had to pick one right now i feel like nothing's happening (laughs) um well i I think first of all i think they've been turned down a couple of times oh absolutely Um, and and they've been the ones to turn down a lot yes and i also know this like a lot of these deals that are put out there that include so a lot of people you need to understand like when when a team calls another team and says hey we heard ben simmons is available we would give you this this and this okay well if we were to trade ben simmons to you we want this 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 and this okay well thanks for your time we're not going to do that now It doesn't end there. Now a team goes and says, well, we had discussions with the Kings and the discussions with the Kings included these five players or these, these three picks and these two players. Well, the Kings already hung up the phone, but that doesn't mean that you didn't hear their, their conversation. They pitched something back to you and then they can go to the media and say, we had this conversation. We pitched it. Well, they don't even say we pitched it. They just say a deal was discussed because it was discussed. It was discussed. They're discussed all the time. Yeah. And the Kings said, no, we're not going to do that. And you didn't even mention one of the biggest, probably the most common um, ways trades get done. And that's by way of the agencies. And I think as it, as it pertains to Ben Simmons, that's one of the things that if you're the Kings, I think, look, I do think Philly looks at the Kings and says, we can get a deal done, not only with Sacramento, but involving Sacramento. So if there is a multi-team deal, obviously the picks are very attractive. So I've always talked about if you're Monty McNair, you want to be a part of that multi-team deal because that could land you a monster, right? It may not be Simmons, but you could still get something out of this deal that would be very, very beneficial for your organization. However, I'm not seeing... Ben Simmons agency clutch. I don't see them as a um, agency that is driving a lot of trade options or discussions, you know, pulling the teams together, playing, playing broker to these teams and matchmaker to these teams. And I think in not doing that, that puts even more pressure on Daryl Morey to get a, to get a deal done eventually. Um, Because, you know, I, the pressure being there that if you're Sacramento, does Ben Simmons want to be in Sacramento? You know, you remember go back to that report eons ago. It was this year. It was, it was in 2021 in the summer and there was a list. Oh, there's, you know, oh, there's in three, teams in, three teams in, in California. They, right. um, I did, I did do some due diligence on that around that time. And I was told that he would have no problems going to Sacramento. No. And, and that was that, that part is accurate, but fast, a lot changes from that time to where we are today on January 20th, 2022, maybe he doesn't, maybe he looks at other teams a little bit more attractive than others than he did. I'm saying him and his group back way back when. So, um, and if you're Daryl Morey, 
I don't give a damn where you want to be traded. And if, and if picks are so attractive, for example, I'd move them to Oklahoma city and I'd get a whole bunch of picks. If I could get a, as many picks as I could, cause they have a truckload of them. Yeah. Um, granted, that's probably not going to happen. And, and if you're, if you're the thunder, you probably don't want to make that move, but that's, that's kind of what was involved here. You don't hear the thunder being on that list back in 2021, but you certainly, if you're Daryl Morey, you don't, it's kind of like when Kawhi Leonard was trying to force the hand of the Spurs. And they, it's, it was similar to Kawhi because it's like he wanted a trade. He was hurt, legitimately hurt, and he wasn't going to play. And then you had to make a move. You didn't have to. You didn't have to move him to Toronto. But you ended up with a pretty good deal. You brought back DeRozan. You had some good things. What happened, James? It resulted in the championship <laughs> for the Raptors. So um, point being is I kind of was, was kind of rooting for the Spurs to go, we don't, we don't have to trade you. We'll do what's in the best interest of our team. And if you want to throw away years of your prime, do it. And that's what Ben Simmons so far through this season has been willing to do. Yeah. I mean, at this point he does, it reminds me of that situation a little bit. It also reminds me of the Chris Weber situation where you're taking a young player uh, with a bunch of skills that everyone has known has a bunch of skills for, for a decade and he hasn't quite lived up to who some people thought he would be. Um, and, and I'll go on the record again and say this. If you're Ben Simmons, the perfect spot mm-hmm. is Sacramento. Yeah, I agree. 100%. It's, it's absolutely the perfect spot because there's enough talent that you can actually win. And if you are the guy that delivers, you'll be embraced as, as if you're a god. You will not have the Philadelphia media chirping at you all day long um you know you're gonna have a different experience and you get to rebuild who and what you are in a little bit of obscurity but if you're part of a young and fun and upcoming group in sacramento like the fans will embrace you the nba will embrace you as well they they do they when the kings are fun the nba does embrace them like they do any other team and so i, I think it they're the potential um to to kind of develop and become who you were supposed to be as a player is, is in Sacramento more than it is in golden state where you're trying to fight for a championship or in LA where the magnifying glass, like you just get burnt like a little ant, you know, it's just hard. <laughs> um, and, and I, again, I think he would just completely collapse under that. Uh, if he is the player that we think he is, and he is sort of the personality that we think he is. You can grow up here. You can develop here. You can be the player you're supposed to be. And, uh, and and I think that if he's not being told that by his agent, he should be because this isn't a bad landing spot for a lot of players. Uh, is it glamorous? No, but it doesn't mean it's not a great place to to really get your bearings and and grow as a player and and um, and find success. So we'll have to see how it plays out, but. Again, I, I think this has been a wild week, Sean. And um, I also, you know, like you just have to, if you're someone who is living and breathing by this, hanging on every single word. First of all, it, don't. <laughs> yeah, first of all, don't. Uh, that's that's very true. But secondly, take a step back. And every time you hear a rumor, regardless of where you hear it, like start tracking it where who is the person who's saying the rumor who is it that like don't tweet out someone who has eight twitter followers number one 
um, like that's not real news, but also start looking for the angle, like look for the angle, look who the, the writer is, the reporter is, where they could be getting their information. It does not take a, like, you don't have to like build a wall, like where you're trying to find figure out who the serial killer is. And, you know, you have all your suspects. It's not that hard to figure out where someone is getting their information or at least a group of like where they might be getting their information. So take a second, like use some critical thinking. Don't just be horribly emotional and freak out. Like look at the deal as it is. And, you know, I think the one thing that I saw from, from Shams uh, and, and it might even been like a clear point being made was that like the Kings franchise was mentioned very specifically that the Kings are move want to move forward with these two players. Also, Chris Gaston, De'Aaron Fox's agent, has been informed that the that the Kings want to move forward with De'Aaron Fox. Now we have those are as two sources coming at you. It's not one source. It's not you know. There's a big difference between the word source and the word sources in in today's nba and today's reporting there is there's there's a huge difference and you need to look for that and and then you need to make sure that someone that you feel like someone actually has sources and not a source because that's where we're like i feel like tunes is a driving cat half the time here well and and here's the other thing memo to media you don't have to report everything that you hear from a source because if i did that the, the the object, James, is to be right, not to be first, but and not to be sensational, but to be right. And that's why you need sources and not source. And it's not just it's to be right. It this isn't easy. So people understand it's not easy to for some moments feel like you're on the outside looking in. And even if it is your team that you don't have the information that you should have, but at other times, like you have the information, you're just not running with it because it's, it's not properly sourced. And and you know that like, these are people you're dealing with. Like this isn't like De'Aaron Fox is an actual human being. Like I, and I'll, I'll even say this, like, this is something that maybe someone has, maybe people out there have noticed over the last uh, like couple of media sessions. Does De'Aaron Fox seem like he's in a better mood? Sean? Uh, that's a good question. That's actually a really good question. I don't think he's in a better mood, but I do feel he's found at least a, not even a comfort level, just like, a, but I can like, I can maneuver this. Like I, I feel, I feel better in this space. I just don't know that it's a better mood. I really don't. Do you? I feel like he's not in the piss poor three-word answer mood anymore. Like when we're talking about practice, that's one thing that you're, it's a different situation when we're talking post game. And the reason why I bring this up is we have a a running, like in post game now, we have a running, (laughs) like all the media guys, we, we, we don't have money on the line, but we're betting on 
what color his do rag is going to be for the game for post game. And he's gotten involved in it. Like he he's comes out, with it. he's having fun with it. And so I, I know this sounds strange, but like, these are ways that like we're breaking the ice with him. He walks in the room and someone is celebrating because they got the right color. Um, it, it has this, like, hasn't been me. It hasn't been Sean yet. Um, but Usually it adds, walks in and I'm like, ah, oh, F. <laughs> yeah. It adds this element of something different where I think it actually has changed his perspective. He's like, he's looking around. Okay. Who's the winner? Who's winning tonight? And, right. and to be honest with you, that's what I mean by De'Aaron Fox is a human. Like he is, when they lose, he wears it. When they win, he's excited sometimes, but when it's not enough, when he knows that they've lost too many games, he's not that excited. So my point is that like, look, when you're he's gonna, cooperating, yeah, he's definitely cooperating, which yeah. is. And I, but I think my point though, is that when you think that you have something as a media member, but you don't really have it sourced out the way you should, you have to take a step back and think, well, how is this going to be received by the player? Because that can't be the only thing that matters, but you have to have that in the back of your head that if I'm wrong here, what does this do? And like, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to be mentioned in every single trade, unless you're Buddy Hield and you really want to go to the Lakers, then you're excited about that. But, <laughs> but for a lot of these players, this is hard, man. They, they've got, they own houses. They have kids in school. Some of them, they have fiancés or, or wives that, you know, they've built a life where they're at expecting to be there long-term. Now they're being thrown like, uh, you know, Harrison Barnes, you could go to, uh, to Indiana at any moment. Harrison Barnes, you could go to wherever, Philadelphia or wherever. I mean, they, this is not easy for even a veteran like that, even though he's been through it, it still doesn't feel good. So anyway, that's the end of that diatribe, Sean. <laughs> I'm with you. It, it, it is sad when you have to say these guys are human. It's like, well, of course they are. The fact that that has to be said is just crazy. Yeah, but I think what we've done, though, I'm, I'm watching social media now. It's just so horrible. Like, Well, so... don't. Yeah, I mean, social media is a vile, vile place. Yeah, it's there bad. Is, there's like, no stop empathy. Stop being mean, people. Yeah. It's rare to find empathy in human moments that, like, you know, again, like, this is the stuff you'll see in a comment section of a YouTube page or a, or a Facebook page or a Instagram, you know. Again, these guys go through a lot, and, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to Fox the other day about how does he attack his social media? Because I think at a certain point, everybody kind of just not even human beings. Sometimes, you know, regular everyday run of the mill Joe's working a nine to five sometimes have to take a step back. It can be a little bit inundating. It can be a little bit too negative or, you know, it's, it's rarely where, you know, someone goes, man, I, this is this social media stuff's just way too positive. It's kittens and dogs and, you know, babies like no this is it can be a pretty foul place i've had people ask me why did you block me and then i send them what they wrote to me like do you realize how vile that was you just said to me like you can kick rocks dude yeah like there's no coming back from that i'm i'm i don't very seldom i i I block i don't block anyone oh i even like i love that twitter has the mute thing i don't even mute people i probably no. should i, I just mute people. i, 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 I kind of want to see it all like i like i get amusement out of both the negative and all that stuff but i also just kind of feel like sometimes a little spark 
you mentioned someone with like maybe three or four followers that says something can become something big. Like I had a conversation with a media member the other day where they were talking about the SNL sketch and how they wanted to do a, um, a possible story on it. And I was like, well, timely. I mean, that's like almost a week ago now, but you know, okay. And All right. reference, referencing that there's a Twitter account that somebody has created. And I wanted to be like, well, you know, that's an actor, like, like the, the character in SNL, like he's not really running it, you know what I mean? And it's like, no, but it's getting some engagement. And he's right. Like there, they are, there are getting some engagement that, that shows up with people having fun with it. So yeah, go ahead. If, if you feel like engagement, you know, I, I, it's not my cup of tea and I'm the biggest SNL fan you'll ever meet, but um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, especially when it's almost a week old. Yeah, it's almost a week old. All right, so we've got to cut it short today because we've got uh, I've got to go on the radio in a few minutes. Uh, we keep doing this back to back with radio. Luckily, today is only an hour on the radio. We're going to kill James. Is what we're going to do. <laughs> we're going to really it's, kill you. <laughs> it's I can talk. I can talk all day long. Can you? There it is. You almost died right there. Yeah, I did. I almost died. Um, I can talk all day long. It's I can't sit all day long. So people, I have a horrible back. I have I have herniated discs and and uh, like bulging discs and and other stuff going on, uh, which I have had for a while. Um, but sitting and hanging out here for for five and a half hours, six hours, like we did on on Tuesday, that was a little rough. That was that was not walking right for the rest of the day. Um, okay, Sean, we've got to get to the business of basketball. I'm going to do it. I, I, you know, I think I'm, we're not going to go down to like, what is our, our past? We're not going to dig into our, our knowledge here. We're going to, I'm just going to throw it straight out to you. What is the, what's your percentage? Like we can do like one through 10 that the Kings make a franchise altering trade between now and February 10th. In your opinion, what is, the the odds that that happens um well i did caveat by saying i don't think ben simmons will be coming to sacramento so i'm gonna say 40 percent okay 40 percent because i felt like it was 50 50 and i still think ben simmons could don't get me wrong i just think at the end of the day when we get to the deadline, it's not going to be there for Philly, meaning that I don't think Daryl Morey is going to move him. And if you're doing that, then you have to find other franchise altering pieces in the NBA. And it's a little bit harder. Um, Sabonis clearly would qualify. Siakam, we've heard some of those names out there before, and I don't think they're going to move him either. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's probably around 40% at that point. And I think their best chance in doing it is being linked to a Simmons trade, not only with Simmons coming to Sacramento, but even with the whole, can it be a John Collins? Can it be a Christian, you know, stuff like that. Can you okay. bring in somebody else? I'm going to say 40%. And again, as I'm saying this guys, I'm saying this, it's not going to be for lack of trying. I mean, this team is going to try very, very, very hard. Um, they have been. And that's one of the reasons why I constantly, get offended on their behalf when people insinuate like what do these guys do all day it's like they haven't made a move what do they do it's like straight it, worn out man they, right yeah they, they have like, zero free time that's what no. one of yeah it's it's crazy it's brutal so, yeah um i'm gonna say 40 percent because i i still think i still think there's moves to be made um 
but franchise altering, I'm going to put a 40%. I'm going to say 60. I like it. I like the optimism. 60. It's 60% chance. I, I would even go like 65% chance. Is that because you believe it's Ben Simmons? No. No, I, I think that they, I, I think that at least two of the core pieces will be gone and that there will be equal to or better than or just flat out different versions in those spots even if it's not a big trade it will be mm-hmm. enough to make me think okay that was altering that was all that stopped the four or five year run of the same exact group so um, having any of the buddy healed harrison barnes Darren fox rashawn holmes, holmes yeah I, I wouldn't even put Hall. i mean he's no core, but it's it's unfair to put him in there but yeah yeah he's definitely core all right, we're up against it. Sean, do you have any final thoughts? Final thoughts? I do not. <laughs> I really you don't. O- you always say I'm, that, but then you do. And then something comes around. Uh, oh, yeah, I was very pissed see? off that my I was going to go see Nothing But Thieves, this brilliant rock band from uh, Europe, uh, and they had to cancel all their U.S. dates, which was very sad. So I'm a little bit in mourning. Did they take your money? Because that would be right on par with their name. Well, they, I know, I know. They did take my money, but I, I'm going to get it back. It's its refundable for sure. Sweet. And it I wasn't still... even like a, I don't even think it was like COVID fears and stuff like that, but it was unfortunate. I was going to go see him at Ace of Spades and oh, it's not going to happen now. All right. Um, okay. So I'm going to finish up real quick. Uh, big shout out to uh, Jim Espinoza at Brick, Brick House for the uh, Brick House Industries for the really cool sweatshirt, like super thick and warm. I love it. Um, Sean's uh, I'm going to get Sean one. He's going to wear one. Uh, it Big won't have, it, it won't say James ham on it. Yeah. That was a little weird. You should I would me take I some like, ownership over Sean. That would be weird. I was like, I don't know if I could wear another man's name on my I body. Think that That's would be just... emasculating in some weird way. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad you were cool with it. I was like, oh, I, no, I wouldn't do that to, you. It to me. And I said, I said, I said, I was like, James, I don't know. I was like, do you have any with, um, do, oh, um, <laughs> do you have anything with, um, yeah, I got you, Sean. You don't have to put a bandaid over my name. That would be weird. <laughs> uh, it will probably say something like the Kings beat podcast, uh, which uh, make sure you're giving us a, a subscribe here on YouTube, a thumbs up here on YouTube. Uh, keep watching, keep listening. Uh, we're doing uh, like really cool things. And, and I love the growth uh, that we're seeing here every single week on the Kings beat. Um, and, and then make sure to uh, jump on, subscribe to the Kings beat uh the newsletter and uh make sure you you do a paid subscription if you can uh so you get an invite to the happy hour that's coming up very quickly uh in early february um barring crazy trade deadline stuff um and i think that's gonna do it uh we'll see you next week hopefully between now and then we won't have to have an emergency pod if something crazy happens but uh for sean cunningham from abc10 I am James Ham, your Kings Insider for ESPN 1320 and the Kings Beat. We will see you on Tuesday, barring chaos, which is what we've been through the last couple of days. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.